While we were all looking at 40-man rosters and wondering about arbitration numbers, seven Reds prospects have been out in Arizona working on making improvements to their game to move up through Cincinnati's minor league system. Also, a former Red is in trouble for betting on baseball. No, not that former Red. But you can bet that we are going to tell you who and what is happening with this former Red on today's Locked on Reds. Let's go. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction to this team into information for you. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and we are free and available on all platforms. On today's podcast, we are going to look at some performances out in the Arizona Fall League as the Reds had seven prospects that were working on their games for a little bit over 20 games. If you're a position player, there were a couple of different games for some pitchers and things like that. We're going to get into exactly how good those performance was, were and what they look like for the future. And there's always been a question about a former red and why the reds didn't keep him. And that question got answered kind of in a sad way here recently. But before we get into all of that, we are going to talk about Arizona, Steve, because when we look at the guys who are out in Arizona, they sent four pitchers and they sent three position players, all part of the Glendale devil dogs, Glendale desert dogs. And they got some work in. We're going to start with the arms because we did not really talk about the pitching all of that much. And unfortunately, there was kind of a reason for that. I'm having trouble with the outline there. Um, there was kind of a reason for that because it wasn't the best of showing for the Reds pitching prospects. It was not. And I think it's an important to look at a distinction between the hitters that the Reds sent to Arizona and the pitchers that the Reds sent to Arizona from a hitter standpoint, it was three, three position players that the Reds truly believe are going to play a large role at the major league level sooner Two of than them already later. on the 40 man. Yeah. Correct. They're going to be guys that the Reds are looking at as contributors. These pitchers uh, in all four cases are pitchers that the Reds, believe in enough to want to see more. These are all pitchers that for whatever reason, for a variety of different reasons, didn't quite get the amount of work in 2022 that the Reds would have liked for them to get. A lot of them coming off of injuries. A lot of them had seasons that uh, didn't allow them to pitch uh, a full minor league season. These four guys, I think, are, are players that the Reds believe in, but it's not so much from a standpoint of they expect them to be contributing at the major league level uh, here very quickly. I think it's more right. about them getting their work in and trying to help progress them along uh, by getting the work done. Yeah, between, you know, losing an entire year in 2020 and different injuries that guys have been going through here recently, because I know like Christian Roa, he was the highest rated prospect on the pitching side that the Reds had sent out to Arizona. But pretty much all of these guys have dealt with injury over the last couple of years. So, yes, this was an effort to get them more uh, work. And really the best of the four 
is a guy that you don't hear a lot of. He's not on any top prospect list. He's not a guy that uh, you would hear us talking about on a, a regular basis or even a rare basis. And that is Sam Ben Scooter. Although he hasn't been talked about a lot. I think that his profile, where he is at in his uh, growth and development and things like that, he could be a guy who maybe later this year gets some kind of call up and gets some kind of look. It's not going to be based on what he did in Arizona, but he didn't look terrible in Arizona. Well, that's Ben Shooter, not Ben Shooter. Ben Shooter, like Shooter. See him out there on the mound (laughs) doing it up. No, um, here's the thing with him. And Arizona Fall League, statistically for the Reds, it's just bad all the way around. But, you know, 13 innings pitched in, in six total games. Uh, 11 Ks, seven base on balls, seven earned runs, 15 hits, one home run. You know, it is not uh, it is not a stat line that is going to blow you away. What I like here is that uh, these pitchers had an opportunity, Ben Shooter specifically, you know, had an opportunity to go out and work with some different coaches, see some different pitchers, maybe pick up some different tricks. You know, I, I, these numbers that we're seeing from the Reds pitchers, it makes me wonder if it was a lot like spring training for them in that rather than pitching in game scenario, they were working on something because everybody's numbers are very wonky and for them to all be consistently wonky like they are, this just kind of screams of we were working on things and trying out things and seeing what we could pick up. I think you're right there because the nice thing about Ben Shooter and the fact that I got that wrong and Ben Shooter sounds way better than what I did say. I mean, I really want him to work out in the major league level because then we could have, you know, t-shirts you know, shooter yeah something like that but he's a 24 24 year old right-hander and he has an okay strikeout to walk ratio for his minor league career it's almost four to one those are the kind of numbers that you like to see as you see a guy move from level to level because those are the two things that he can control the most of i mean when you're talking about in the low a's and the high a's you are getting very variable defense. You're not really sure what's going to happen when you give up contact. So to look at the things that he can control are important. And with that sort of a thing, I think you're right because seeing the seven walks to 11 Ks, that is absolutely not representative of what his minor league career has been. So I would like to see more of him. He's probably going to be a guy that I have marked. Um, If we see him in spring training, I'm not necessarily sure if that's the case as of right now, but if we see him in spring training and how he moves through the minor leagues next year, Ben Shooter has kind of, you know, shot his way onto the radar, I think. Wow. <laughs> Let's move on to Vin Tampanelli because <laughs> I, I don't even want to know what rabbit hole we might go down down there. Vin Tampanelli, <laughs> Jeff, appeared in eight games as a reliever, nine innings total worth of work. Not a lot. Listen, the Arizona Fall League is not that big a sample size. I think right. it's important that everybody kind of keeps that in mind. There's not a lot of games for these guys to get into. Uh, another one with, uh, you know, not great strikeout to walk ratio. He struck out 12 while walking eight, gave up eight earned runs on 10 hits, allowed one home run. Uh, You know, this is another guy the Reds really just wanted to get some work. And, you know, we may may beat this down a lot in the the rest of this offseason, Jeff, but, you know, I'm all for 
everybody in this organization from top to bottom to continue to find places and ways to put in work this off season. Yep. Uh, you know, I said when the season ended for the, for the major league team, for the reds, that everybody needed to take a week or two away from the game and clear their heads. And then they needed to hit it hard. They needed to get out there and work. And I think that's universal across the system because uh, this, this farm system is in a unique position to really make great contributions to the major league team over the next two to three years. And that's going to require these prospects getting out there and busting it and, and guys that aren't prospects getting out there and busting it to insert themselves into the conversation. So, you know, I, I like that these particular pitchers are, are coming back from injuries and disappointing seasons and, and, and lack of work and, and getting out there against some of the better hitters in minor league baseball and trying to get it done. Well, I think the important thing looking at the uh, Sam Ben shooters and the Vin Tempanellis, and we're going to talk about Jake Gazzo here in a few seconds. Uh, these are the guys that the Reds really need to develop because they talk about how much they want to build from within, how much the farm system is going to be relied upon here in the near future, in the far future, all of the future. The Reds are going to build from within from here on out. And whether or not um, that works is not based on your top guys only you also have to have these dudes within the margins these dudes outside of the top list come up and, and, and be some sort of role player Vin Tampanelli Jake Gazzo not guys that you're looking at to be like workhorse relief pitchers but if they can figure it out and become middle relief type guys then that only benefits the Reds and, and both of these guys I, I wonder a little bit Steve because we talked with Tom uh, Tom Nichols from the Dayton Dragons a couple of months ago, kind of wrapping up the minor league season and things like that. And one of the things that we talked about a lot with him is how the Reds pitching development philosophy changed year over year. There was a lot more aggressiveness a year ago, and now there's a lot more like, let's work on not walking so many guys. Both of these guys have issues with high walk rates, whether, you know, whether they are able to strike out a ton of guys, that's, that's kind of nice to see. But when you issue almost as many free passes, you're like, okay, we we probably need to fix a little bit of something here. And that's kind of the case with both Tempanelli and Gazzo. Yeah, you know, I always talk about our, you know, our buddy Cam Miller with the reviving of the Riverfront Stadium scoreboard animations and walks will haunt is the one that always comes to mind because it's so very true. Yeah, that's a great for the YouTube viewers. That's it's my impersonation. Of <laughs> not those. only is that Jeff's impersonation <laughs> of that particular animation, but I'm told by uh, the lovely Hannah Carr that that is also how he danced at their wedding. So uh, for Jake Gazzo, uh, nine relief appearances, 10 in a third innings, 10 Ks, 10 walks, 10 earned runs on 15 hits, one home run allowed as well. He did scary. not have a great, he did not, it's very scary. He did not have a great time out in Arizona. Uh, you know, he's always struggled with walks and, you know, for him, I wonder if, if he's running out of rope as far as, you know, what the Reds are going to give him to, to continue to be included in the conversation because he really just has not put it together uh, at all. Yeah. And I mean, he's 25 years old, so he's, kind of to the point where this is now your time of your career where you got to figure out if you're going to make it to the major leagues or not. And the fact that he's had so much time within the red system and he still doesn't look like he's that close. Um, I, I, I hate that for him, but hopefully he can develop here pretty soon. One other guy too. And like we said, he was the highest rated prospect going up there was Christian Roa. 
I think he dealt with some health issues because he only pitched in four games, but those four games were a mess. He started four games, pitched a total of eight innings. So, you know, my, my terrible math says he averaged two innings to start and he gave up 17 earn runs. 14 hits, including two like, home runs. Like, oh. I know, I, I know that it's, it's, you know, earn runs, uh, rely on defense as well as the pitcher, but 17 is that again, tiny sample size, but oh man, that, that, that's yeah, rough and, to see. And Roa was there to get more work based on injury derailments. And listen, I've seen Roa's name thrown about in trade speculations this off season. Uh, I think you're right in your assessment that if any of these guys could get a look in 2023, it'll be Roa. Uh, he's got a lot of work to do. He's going to have to to get back next season and, and prove that he's still got it. Uh, and if he does that, you know, you're right. The Reds bullpen may have a spot for him. Yeah. Um, actually I meant Ben shooter gets a look this year. Not, not Roa. Um, but I think Roa's still got a year or two to develop there, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what I think about when I look at these performances, there's really only one of these guys who can contribute, but I, I think they all, they all need a little bit of work here, which isn't necessarily a terrible thing, but yeah, just give them more work. Well, listen, Jeff, the hitting got a lot of publicity on this podcast, and we're going to wrap up the numbers for the big-time hitters that got sent out to Arizona, uh, two of whom were just recently added to the Reds' 40-man roster. We're going to talk about that right after this. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by Simply Safe Home Security. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award-winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Here's why we love Simply Safe. It's super customizable. Uh, it's not a situation where you have to purchase a lot of things that you don't need in order to get the few things that you want. The system integrates well into your home and is easy to self-install. No need to have a tech come out and schedule something between the hours of 8 a.m. and midnight when you have to, you know, blow off a whole day and, and not be able to go anywhere. And then that one time you go to the bathroom, they knock on the door and then they leave. None of that was simply safe. You can install it yourself. And it's not bulky. It doesn't take up a lot of space. It doesn't mess up your home's design, the energy you are trying to put out there. Uh, in an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. You can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. Uh, you save 50% today on on your Simply Safe security system. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB to learn more because there is no safe like Simply Safe. All right, coming up on tomorrow's podcast, we're going to tell you uh, if David Bell is safe. We're going to answer some burning questions about the Reds skipper, uh, but that's going to be tomorrow. Jeff, Let's transition into talking about the hitters because as terrible as the pitchers were, the hitters, they had to be better, right? 
slightly better, Steve. There, there were a few of them that were making some headway, I think, toward the end of the Arizona Fall League, but their overall numbers didn't quite... Uh, there wasn't enough time to bring their overall numbers up. Uh, it's just a quick look. The two guys that were added to the 40-man roster, Matt McLean and Noel Marte, uh, both of them didn't have the greatest of slash lines, although I liked Matt McLean's on-base percentage. He slashed 190 with a 340 on-base and a 316 slugging. He hit a home run in the championship game that the Glendale Desert Dogs ended up losing in extra innings. Um, and, and then Noel V. Marte, of course, I mean... Uh, do I do I even need to? Yeah, I will. I had to, I had to. But yeah. I love oh, that thing. <laughs> such a great, such a great highlight. Thank, uh, always thank Bobby for sending that to me. But um, no, overall, those two guys, the, the numbers themselves do not lift up the spirits about their possibility of being called up this year. But again, we mentioned in the first segment, this is a small sample size. Yeah, 20, 23 games for Matt McClain. Uh, basically, all of these guys got three weeks worth of baseball out of the Arizona Fall League. And, and that's great. Uh, in the case of Noelvi Marte, that's three weeks of learning third base. And, yes. and when we say learning and third base, listen, he's a shortstop. He knew how to play third base. The angles are a little bit different. The throws are a little bit different. This is just him getting comfortable at third base, not really learning third base. So, uh, but that it was three weeks of him playing third base. So, you know, that in of itself uh, is progress for him moving towards the major leagues. Uh, the number that you mentioned, and it stands out to me as well, is Matt McClain's on base percentage at 340. You know, that's something when I talked to him that he talked about, you know, getting on base, you know, bringing balance to his game. Uh, you know, he's still working on those things. He, he purposefully has tried to add power. And, you know, when you do that, you're on base, your strikeouts, those all kind of take a hit. So good to see him getting more opportunity to kind of find a little bit of balance and get on base a little bit more. Yeah, and the plate discipline numbers for both of those guys were encouraging. I, I liked the fact that Matt McClain did draw 14 walks. The 31 strikeouts were a little bit uh, worrisome, but I still think that you get that many walks, you're showing me that you're working it out at the plate because that was something that we talked about throughout his entirety of the 2022 season is that he had more strikeouts than we would have figured. So I think he's working that back into his game. Noelvia Marte, on the other hand, was absolutely phenomenal, almost had a one-to-one strikeout-to-walk ratio. The thing of it is, when we talk about plate discipline numbers, there's a third position player that you and I are very bullish on his future but the plate discipline numbers were not good. No, you're talking about Reese Hines, and he played a lot of left field out in Arizona. And and listen, the slash line, huh, 226, 278. So on-base percentage of 278, you would like to see that higher. Slugging at 417, he hit three home Solid. runs, 11 Solid. RBIs. So, you know, when he got a hold of a few, you know, he was, he was slugging a little bit. The problem is, as much as we talk about Reese Hines and his raw power, the strikeouts to the how he's able to walk and get on base. It's just got to get better. 35 strikeouts, Jeff, six walks, 35 to six. Uh, he's got to get better. He has to get better at the plate at recognizing, you know, the balls and the strikes as they're coming in. He has to get better at drawing walks and getting on base and not striking out so much. 
if you're going to be a three true outcomes guy, you've got to be a three true outcomes guy, not a two out of three. Because if you're a two out of three and your only home runs are strikeouts, then you're turning into Joey Gallo and no one's sure if you really want to be in your lineup. Like he's got to get the walks in there. And if he does not learn how to take a ball, then it's going to be tough to see him in this lineup. I really want to see him in this lineup because seeing that power at Great American Ballpark is going to be phenomenal. But if it's Aristides Aquino power, then what are we really talking about? I was I was just gonna say, let me ask you this: Do you think he's in danger of becoming Aristides Aquino? Is he <sighs> is like he in is he in danger? Is is this upcoming twenty twenty three season a prove it season for him? You know how much how much leeway do you think the Reds are gonna give him to get this right? Because he's been consistently this guy. You know, this is that- who he's been. I think he's got a buffer season. I think that this year is probably the prove it light season, like not necessarily, you know, sink or swim, but they really want to see him make some changes this year. I don't think we're going to see him in the major leagues at all because they're still working on him defensively out in the outfield and and he's still going to get a lot of reps in there. But we're also looking at a guy that if he's got to work on defense and his plate is, is his plate acumen isn't there either, then we're still talking about 2024 and maybe not even opening day 2024 at this point. I think that, you know, and, and to use a golf term here, this year is his moving day year. Like everybody talks about Saturday. It's like, okay, if you can make up some ground on the tournament field on Saturday, then you're looking good for Sunday. If he can make up some ground here in 2023 and really improve some numbers, then we're talking. But if we continue to see these kind of plate discipline numbers, I'm going to have some real questions as to whether or not he can even be a major league outfielder for the Reds. Yeah, it, it's clear that at least two of the three guys, though, Jeff, took advantage yes. of uh, their time out in Arizona, and they seem to be figuring it out. Uh, and Matt McClain and Noel B. Marte uh, seem to be kind of pulling it together as the Arizona Fall League came to an end. So I'm looking forward to seeing both of them in big league camp uh, in February out in Goodyear. 100% Steve. But now that we have talked about the Arizona fall league, you know, there's a former red who's always been a bit of a head scratcher as to why the reds didn't try to keep him around longer coming up. We found out why the reds weren't more bullish on keeping Yasiel Puig. But before we do that, Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered when you're talking about the number one uh, information when it comes to sports, odds, props, bets, you know, different things like that. It's all at betonline.net. And tr- they've actually got some uh, futures here. Trey Turner is minus 125. So he is favored to go to the New York Yankees. Now, I, I know you thought I was going to say Cincinnati Reds, but. The Reds aren't even on the list. So, Jeff, nobody uh, <laughs> thought the Cincinnati Reds were going to be on the list. <laughs> now, you're, you're probably right. And Bet Online definitely was not one of those people because they don't have them on the list. But if you want to check out the lists that they have for everything, they've got odds on where Jacob deGrom's going to go, where Dansby Swanson's going to go, where all the big name free agents, Aaron Judge, where they're all going to go. And they've got other things like NFL point spreads. They've got great prop bets when it comes to NBA games every single night. NHL lines. You've got NCAA football and basketball. Champions Classic was last night. That was some great basketball. And 
you've got the combat sports like boxing and MMA and golf as well. You can bet on moving day, you know, whenever golf comes back around because it's really cold outside. It's hard to golf right now. Anyway, bet online has you covered with all of those sports and more plus live betting. And you can check it all out on your desktop or mobile device because bet online is where the game starts. All right. Thanks so much for making us uh, your first listen. As you always do make sure you follow us on Twitter as well. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three F's. You can follow Steve at S Offenbaker with two F's and you can follow the show at locked on reds. We have takes for you in between episodes and we like to talk about some different stuff. I, I, you know, had some thoughts about the Teoscar Hernandez trade to Seattle and all that stuff that, that really seems like a bummer for our buddy, Jesse Winker, but the reports and, and the tea leaves have all been saying that he's likely moving on somewhere. And I'm not necessarily sure as to where that's going to be. Uh, but that's, that's what's happening. Somebody that else who sounds like on. a show topic coming up. <laughs> yeah. That might be something we talk about here in a little bit. Uh, somebody, uh, another outfielder, uh, a little bit embattled here. Yasiel Puig. I'm not going to lie. When he was a red, I loved him. And, and, and there was no reason to not love him. He was absolutely in on this city. I still remember the mania that took place after the Homer Bailey trade in which Yasiel Puig showed up to Cincinnati, was like kissing babies and, and hugging everybody and just looked like he was going to be a huge part of this team. And, and, and even that year... Um, he was pretty good. I mean, a 93 OPS plus, it's not as if he was amazing, but he was pretty solid. And a guy that you kind of thought maybe the Reds would invest a little bit of money in. And then they didn't. And you're always kind of wondering why? Like, I know he was part of the trade to get Trevor Bauer here and Trevor Bauer got a Cy Young and all that other stuff. But there was definitely an underlying reason as to why he did not stay. There is. He has agreed to plead guilty on federal charges to lying to law enforcement about sports bets that he made with an illegal gambling operator, i.e. a bookie. Uh, and this was all in season in 2019. Uh, this is a problem, Jeff. And, and it's uh, of all of the cities in Major League Baseball for this guy to get traded to and then immediately just start making crazy sports bets with his illegal bookie uh cincinnati is not the city that you want to do that in and you know it makes you called it a head why we were all scratching our heads about why the reds weren't more interested in signing him and then that offseason while nobody was interested in signing him and it didn't make right. sense to any of us and clearly what it was is everybody knew this was going on and while everybody's going to look in the camera and be like we you know mo egger i think said it best with his you know uh, sarcastic uh sarcastic infused tweets about the red saying no we had no idea he was yeah. betting on baseball yeah. what <gasps> i'm shocked <laughs> you know it was probably like that league-wide because we see this a lot and then we find out later there was something going on and then you're kind of like hmm i see and this was one of those moments i think everybody in baseball knew what was up and uh, stayed away from Yasiel Puig. I hate this for two reasons. Uh, I, I liked Yasiel Puig quite a bit. I mean, he gave us one of these seminal moments. It's going to be a long time before I forget that picture of him at home plate, getting ready to strike every single Pittsburgh Pirates player that was on the field. 
that was one of the best pictures that has ever happened in the history of the world. But you see this happen, and it's just like, look, I get it. We we talk about bet online, we talk about sports gambling and things like that. For a professional athlete, that's a no no. Like uh, they all know this. And this, and the second reason why I hate this is why on earth don't the Reds have like some guy on staff that just literally every day tells everybody, Hey, don't, don't gamble. There's, there's signs, there's signs, Jeff. Listen, here's the thing (laughs) at some point. And, and, and I'll tell you what, people have a beef about this sports betting thing as it relates to the players. Uh, you know, it's, it's not allowed. It will get you banned. It's one of the, the unforgivable sins in the sport. And everybody is told, everybody knows it, everybody is aware, uh, especially in the city of Cincinnati. And for the people that are like, well, yeah, but they're putting a sports book at the ballpark. That's right. You know what? Everyday person can go in there starting in January and place bets on the game as it's happening right in front of them. You know who doesn't get to do that? Major League Baseball players. There is This is not something that is exclusive to baseball. There are many things in the world that are legal and certain professions can't partake of them uh, legally because you just can't have it. Uh, you know, healthcare people can't use marijuana, Jeff, and marijuana is legal in a lot of states, but they just can't do it uh, because that's just the way it is. And you know that going in. And if you do it and you get caught, you're going to lose your job. And that's what happened here. Puig's not allowed to bet. He bet. He lost his job. Well, there's a very good reason as to why athletes are not allowed to do it because it's very easy to get mixed up with the wrong people. And then those people start dictating what you do on the field. And then it's no longer about your ability. It's about who is controlling you behind the scenes. And that's not a conspiracy theory. That's history. It's important to note too, that the DOJ in their release did not reference any bets were made on baseball. A lot of it had to do with, you know, football and basketball and things like that. In fact, um, he he apparently and this was crazy to me but in a month's time i think it was like from june uh to july or no 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 from july 4th through september 29th of 2019 he placed 899 bets on tennis football and basketball games i don't know that you and i combined have ever placed 899 bets so no but i bet you he took the over in every one of those because it seems he lost about three hundred (laughs) thousand dollars yeah i'm sorry well okay so back then i don't think i was giving advice on the overs but uh, if i was i'm trying to remember i don't think i was but if i was i'm sorry yasiel that's uh (laughs) that's my bad dude but uh no this is this is just this is (sighs) It's a bummer, man. Like, like this story about Yasiel Puig, for me, and, and, and the fact that it's not necessarily the fact that he bet, it's that he lied about it. That's what he is pleading guilty to because it was apparent that he was approached by federal investigators about another thing. I think they were trying to book this guy that was running the gambling ring, and, and whenever they asked him about his involvement, he lied about it. And I think that's where the trouble stems from. In fact, it even says that this charge carries with it a maximum of five years in federal prison. He's also agreed to pay a fine of at least $55,000. So it's like everything that he's gotten involved with is just stemming to him not telling the truth about the fact that he was doing this. Yeah, and I I can't imagine he'll do the whole five years, especially in a plea agreement, but he's going to do some time. 
and, and you know, it's the end of his career. And it's sad to see, you know, the Reds have dodged a couple bullets with some uh, pretty high profile off field stuff in the last few years. And, you know, it, it saddens me for, you know, the players that get caught up in this kind of thing. But at the end of the day, they have to be accountable and they have to have some personal accountability in this. Nobody forced Puig to go out and place bets. Nobody, you know, forced him to do these things. He chose right. to do them and he's going to pay the price and he's paying a very hefty price. He paid a big price. Then he's going to pay a big price now. And it's clear uh, that this was probably the big reason that Yasiel Puig didn't stay in Cincinnati, wasn't offered a contract extension here or anywhere else. And while it's a bummer, that is probably where we will go ahead and wrap it up today, Jeff. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Reds. Coming up tomorrow, we are going to talk about the Reds manager, David Bell. We're going to answer the question, uh, is he at fault? Should he stay? Should he go? We're going to talk about lots of things with David Bell, and uh, some of you aren't going to like my take. I will tell you that right now. But now that you're done giving us your first listen of the day, head over to the Locked On Sports Today podcast. Make them your second listen. They have the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Locked On Sports Today, just like Locked On Reds, is available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Jeff, off season's in full swing. What can the people expect from me and you? They can expect us to be all over the rumors and all over the transactions. They can expect me to drop a question that's absolutely going to blow your mind about David Bell tomorrow on tomorrow's podcast. And they can expect us to be locked on Reds every single day.